Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Isn't it good to be in God's house this morning? Wow, what a spirit of worship. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for our team, musicians, singers. Praise God, they, they come prepared and you can tell it. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles and stand with me this morning. <clears throat> Amen. If you can give me a little more volume out there. Uh, <clears throat> I, I got a concept that I'm really excited about and some of these concepts, you know, that, that God speaks into our spirits, we're just natural men trying to get a hold of a supernatural God. Kind of feel like Paul sometimes. I'm just trying to apprehend that by which I have been apprehended. And sometimes we get time to chew on these things and get them settled in our spirits, and sometimes we don't. And I feel like this one here is so much bigger than me that we're just going to try to work it together. Would you go with me this morning? Uh, but I believe this could revolutionize your life. I want to deal with a subject that we're titling now. Now. Look at your neighbor and tell him right now. Ah, right, come on now. Not God's fixing to. Not God's fixing to. Right now. Right now. Not, not he has, but right now. Come on now. I got to pull you into today. Because tomorrow is not the day of salvation. Today is the day. Ain't that, ain't that what the Word says? So I'm going to try to do something in just a few minutes uh, that, that, that would take years to do. And that's to change your mindset, to get you focused in a, in a different direction, not just for today, so that every time you come to the Word of God, every time you come to your Heavenly Father, you come in this mindset of right now. Right now. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 1. We then, as workers together with God. Did, did y'all realize that? That's enough right there. Do you realize you're expecting God to do a whole lot of stuff that He's expecting you to join with Him? And work together with Him to see His purpose accomplished in your life. We like to sit on the sidelines. Don't take much faith over there. We like to sit on the sidelines and push Him out on the playing field and say, Go God! Cheerleaders. And this here is saying we are co-laborers with God. Wow. That's not the sermon, but it's good. We then as workers together with him beseech ye also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Wow. We beseech you. Paul said, I beg you, I pray, I entreat you, I stir you up that you do not receive this grace God has given you in vain. For he said, then he goes to quoting an Old Testament scripture that God spoke and said, I have heard you in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee or have I helped thee. And then he defines, behold, everybody read it together in concert out loud. Now is the accepted time. Behold, 
Wow. That word acceptable means favorable. Favorable. Brother Guerrero and his family are, uh, and probably some of you are, are farmers. Amen. And there is a favorable time that you have to capitalize on. You can't just go plant when you want to plant, right? <laughs> you, you, you just can't go plow when you want to plow. There are seasons that are acceptable. Uh, uh, they are, they're acceptable for you to be able to reach your intended goal. And you have to seize the moment. There's a favorable time. And so this scripture is saying that the favorable time is not tomorrow. It's not yesterday. It's right now. There is a grace being administered to you for right now. Right now. And if you don't access that grace, it's not redeemable for tomorrow. It's only redeemable right now. It expires after today. Are y'all okay? It expires. We're finna pray. I know you're standing. It expires after today. Well, what about tomorrow? Well, tomorrow there's another favorable grace that's going to be given to you. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow there'll be trouble of its own and there'll be a grace for it. You know you're not resting in grace when, you're, when there's no... You, you, you know you're, you're trying to spend to, today's grace for tomorrow when there's no rest. Did you get that? Amen. If you're not resting, if you're in turmoil, if your mind's perplexed, it's because you're trying to use grace for what's coming instead of applying to where you are right now. Father, we just love you and we just praise you. And, and this is a very specific, important time. So I pray, Lord, let us lay down our religious mindsets. Uh, uh, our old Western way of thinking and lay a hold of the mind of the Almighty God this morning. Help us, Father. I pray for the spirit of revelation to teach, to preach, and the spirit of revelation to receive in this place this morning. That we leave here walking in the now. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. My goal for today is to get you to step out of your Western mindset, if you will, and step into a Hebrews mindset. Will you go with me? Now, I ain't going to try to teach you Hebrew, but I want, to, I want to show you the background of that Hebrews Bible you have in your hand. And the Hebrews God that we serve to a certain degree. Amen? So, uh, the, the Hebrew mindset was one of such trust and faith and confidence that they expressed it in their writings. This, this Bible is a book of faith. And faith always operates in the now. And, and for the most of us, our entire uh, faith is built upon what God is about to do. I hear sermon after sermon and we'll stir congregations up with God's fixing to, God's fixing to, amen. But the problem with that is if I don't get God out of my future, I'll never get him in my now. But the Hebrews, you, you got to see this, and y'all just pray for me, amen, that I'll be able to, to give it to you like God gave me, gave it to me. The Hebrew mindset, uh, they, they had such a confidence in God. They had such a faith in their God. 
They were so one with their God that when they wrote, when they wrote the Genesis and, and, and Exodus and Leviticus and all the way through, they would often, often express the certainty of a thing. Go with me now. It's, it's going to come alive to you. They would often express the certainty of a thing by referring to it in present tense. They, they, didn't, they didn't hardly use a futuristic view. Now your translation from Hebrew to King James Version had to change this a little bit just so it would relate to the uh, Western uh, world. But in a Hebrew's mind, when God said something, they so believed it and they so trusted in it, instead of saying that God is going to do something, they would pull it into past or present tense. Isaiah said, for unto us, Isaiah 53, for unto us a child, not going to be born, but Isaiah so received the word of the Lord and he so stood in faith and confidence that if God said it, it's as good as already done. So when he wrote, he was just writing from an expression, amen, that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. As a matter of fact, it's my observation that they wrote with such a sense of faith that the work is already accomplished that they wrote from the right hand to the left hand. Did y'all, y'all ever notice that? I don't know if you've ever read anything in Hebrew. I don't. I don't know how to read Hebrew. But they wrote, they, they, they wrote from the right to the left. We write from the left to the right because we're working towards a finished product. Mm. They, work, they write from the right to the left because they're working from a finished product. Oh, my God. Some of y'all look at me like, what? No, 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 no. This is supposed to get real, okay? So, in other words, if your Bible was written in its original Hebrew writ, you would open it up at the back and read your way forward. Seriously, if you was to read, uh, oh, you have one. Is that, is, am, am I right? Thank you. He just confirmed it. He's got one. What are you doing with one? You are a nerd. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Amen. So it, you, would, you would open it up and read your way from the back to the front. In our culture, that would be starting at the end and working our way towards the beginning. But it, maybe that's prophetic of God knowing the end of a thing. Are y'all following me? He knows the end of a thing from the beginning. Or maybe it's prophetic of Hebrews chapter number four where he said the works of God were finished from the foundation of the world. So God, before he ever started the work, finished. Oh my God, let me talk to this much over here. He finished the work and then he began. Man, God, are, are y'all with me? Are you, are you little brains going with me this morning? We have lost the concept of what true language of faith looks like and sounds like. So uh, faith is, point number one, 
if you want to write this down, is established on the fact that the work of the Father is finished. True faith does not say God is going to. True faith does not say, I hope God does. If you are Hebrew, they don't relate to that kind of language. Amen. If you were in a Hebrew's mindset, they don't relate to that kind of language. Amen. Uh, their faith is established on the fact that the work of God is finished. Hence, let me give you some scriptures. Now, we're teaching this morning. I want you to get it. Uh, uh, look at Hebrews 4, 3. You don't have to turn there. She's going to help you out. Hebrews 4, 3 in the King James Version says, Version. Now, it's hard to get this scripture without reading above and below, but I don't have time today. Will you just accept this? It says, for we which have believed do what? Now, I want you to start noticing this new concept. We which believe are going to get to enter into. Is that what it says? We which believe shall enter into. Look at the Hebrew writer. We which have believed, we do enter that rest. We do enter that rest. It's not a matter of I'm going to go get rest today. I'm entering into his rest today. I'm not going to try to get rest today. I believe, therefore, I'm entering into his rest. Oh, my God, something's finna be broken in this place, and the devil ain't liked it all morning long. But the devil is alive. I'm going to kick him in the teeth. Y'all going to help me right here? Amen. We're going to kick him in the teeth. We believe. We do enter in the rest. He said, and, 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 and God said, as I have sworn in my wrath, the translation says, they shall not enter my rest. And it's talking about because they didn't believe. But I want everybody to read in concert next, uh, the rest of this verse. Ready? Go. Although the works were finished. Can y'all receive that word this morning? No wonder the Hebrew would not get stuck saying what God's going to do. Because they believe everything that God's going to do, he's already done. And he's in his seventh day Sabbath. And he's resting from He's resting from all of his works. So it is done. High five your neighbor and tell him it is finished. That's point number one. <laughs> That's point number one, that faith believes that the Father's work is finished. Well, we're New Testament believers, so point number two is faith is believing that the Son's work is finished. For the Bible says, you want to write it down? I didn't give it to my sound tech. John nineteen thirty. when Jesus... Therefore, had received, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Thank you for being so fast. Go back, go back. I want you to pull that scripture back up in uh, Amplified. Wow, that's awful wordy, ain't it? But it's important that I lay this foundation for where I'm going. For we who have believed, that means to adhere to and trusted in and relied on, relied on God, do enter that rest in accordance with his declaration that those who do not believe should not enter when he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, catch this, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting for all who believe from the foundation of the world. Can y'all receive that? Amen. Whatever you're after, it's already done. Uh, this is just going to stretch your spirits. 
I don't know what you're in, but it's already taken care of. My God, help us this morning. You're going to have to put on some spiritual, I'm telling you, you're going to put on a spiritual mindset. If, this, if it's not, this scripture is a lie. You know what I declare? I don't care how real your situation is. It is a lie when you hold it up to that. Amen? It has to become a lie. He said it's been completed and prepared and waiting for all you who could believe from the foundation of the world. So point number one of a Hebrews mindset is the works of the Father are finished. Seven, I think it was over 700 years before Jesus, Isaiah said, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Point number two is... Amen. They just believed that when Jesus died and, and, and uh, uh, was crucified and hung on a cross and said, it is finished, they just believed it. What if you did? Oh, God, that worship team this morning, <laughs> they were singing about good God. She started just prophesying. What if we really believed? What if we really believed? I'm going to shift your whole level of warfare. You go into a whole new level of warfare when you quit fighting to get something and start fighting for what you already have. Let me say that again. You start fighting a whole new level of warfare when you quit fighting to get to the victory and you start fighting from a place. Now you're fighting from a place of victory. Let's, let's wade into this. Can we go a little further? Amen. So your whole Bible was written with this mindset that it's done. It's finished. It's finished. It's completed. And I'm going to throw some scriptures out. Amen. Nisha, you're probably not going to want to pull them up, but write, write them down. And, and, and I want you to start looking for this concept in your Bible. First Corinthians chapter number two says, uh, as it is written, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of the man things that God has, y'all know the scripture, has prepared for those that love him. Amen. Another Hebrew idiom right there that God don't have to get up to do anything that he has prepared before ordained for you to be able to walk in the promises and the fulfillment of his word. It's already in the storehouses waiting on you. It is prepared waiting on you to get there. Somebody's going to get there. John 1.16 says, talking about Jesus, it says, and of his fullness... Have we all received and grace for grace? The word don't say you're going to receive the fullness of God. You're, you're going to get the fullness of God. If you'll keep trying, if you'll keep pushing, if you'll keep praying, if you'll keep studying, if you'll keep walking right and spitting white and all them things we come up with, amen, you're going to get the fullness of God. John just said, you know what? You've already received the fullness of God. My God, y'all... Are y'all with me this morning? Amen. High five your neighbor and tell them I got it all. I got it all. I didn't come to get nothing, already have something. I just, by faith, got to reach in and tap into what I already have. This changes everything. I have received the fullness. I have the fullness of Christ and grace for grace. That means that I got grace piled on top of grace. God Almighty, I got ability piled on top of ability. When? Right now. Right now. Uh, well, I just don't feel. 
Come here, let me slap you. My Bible, your Hebrew Bible says we walk by faith, not by Come on, Western world. We need to quit walking by what our eyes don't see or do see and start walking like a Hebrew. Unto us a child is born. Our deliverance is here. It has come. God Almighty. Can we take it a little deeper? Second Peter 1 and 3 says, According as his divine power hath given us all things, I got to say that again. Uh, Nisha, you might ought to put up uh, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. I am so sorry, baby. You would have been so ready if I'd have gave you all this. Amen. But this scripture here in uh, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4 says, According as his divine power has what? Has what? Is that past, present, or future? Huh? Amen. Does that something that's already been done or something that's going to be done? He has given us what? Everything that I need for life and godliness. Amen. I ain't got to get another thing. I don't need you to give me another thing. I don't need another Bible study. I don't need another sermon preached. Oh my God. I don't know if y'all getting this or not. Amen. I'm not telling you it's time to quit Bible studying here in sermons freeze. I'm just trying to tell you we're so futuristic that we're always looking about what God's going to do and give me instead of backing up and saying, he's given me everything I need to live today. He's given me everything I need to be godly today. God has already given. Now, give me four. Whereby, oh, there it is again. Are y'all seeing it now? I'm changing your whole perspective of how you come to God and the Word of God. Why are we, whereby we are given, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you're partaker of the divine nature. Amen. The very fact that I know it's already been given to me helps me start walking in the divine nature of God. I'm not... I'm not trying, oh my God, I'm not trying to attain the attributes of God. They've already been given to me. But if I don't realize that, I'm fighting for something that I already have and I always fail. But when I realize I already have it, it starts enabling me to walk in what I know I have. Can y'all receive this word? This is what faith does. This is what faith does. So then when the devil comes and tells me I ain't holy, I look at him straight in the eye and say, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. I am holy. Amen. And, and we got it all backwards that we're not holy until we've been to walk in holiness. You'll never start walking in holiness till you believe you're holy. And then you'll start walking at what God has already done. It. Are you catching it? Are you catching it? I'm not giving you a license to sin and act like the devil and call yourself holy. I'm talking about standing in agreement with what God said. And God said, all these things have given me to, been given me to produce holiness in my life. So now the product's coming from within and not from without. Did you catch that? Religion will try to make you holy from the outside in. And you're always ugly at the core. Well, that was a good place for you to shout. But when you realize God put it in your core and it is your... Amen. Then it's just God. Amen. 
So you can take his book and read it from the back to the front and start with God and finish with God. Or you can start at the front and read it from the front, read it to the back and start with God and finish with God. Why? Because he said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the I'm the core. Are y'all able to receive this this morning? It's just who I am, dude. Then when the devil shows up and tries to tell you you something else, hey man, you start fighting from a place of finished product. Oh my Lord. We got a long way to go. Can we go further? Oh, I got one for you. Nisha, uh, pull up Joshua 1.3 for me right quick. Give me, give me Joshua 1.3. Every place that you put the sole of your foot, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I'm going to let you have. Somebody ought to read it in the Hebrew language right now. I wish I could speak Hebrew. Amen. That have I given unto you, as I said. So now, like I said a while ago, I'm not going towards victory or fighting for victory. I'm, 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 uh, uh, I'm, I'm fighting from a place of victory. I tell you, this belongs to me. And let me tell you something. Everything changes when you start fighting from the platform that belongs to me. Hmm. Amen. Now look, I love all y'all's kids. Some of them is a chore, but I love them. <laughs> some of them I like to administer some love to them. Amen. But them's not my kids. And my, my, I'll only go so far because they're not my kids. But them are my kids. Amen. And and, and when you mess with my kids, I go into a whole different fight. Are y'all following me? I'll fight you over, I'll fight somebody over your kids. But when they belong to me, I, I just lose all reserve. I lose all fear. You can't do nothing with me because I ain't scared of you. Are you listening to me? Amen. The problem with the church is we're not realizing that peace belongs to me. That joy belongs to me. That, that, that oh my God, are y'all catching this? So it get, you start fighting with them. You start I mean, you get the face for it, amen? You, you don't walk through the day, oh my God, the devil got the joy today. He got my joy today. I'm telling you, amen, you will fight for what belongs to you. Can I help somebody? I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach whether you help me or not. Amen. Can I help somebody today? You gotta start fighting from another position. You're not fighting for a peace. It is your peace, and you gotta fight from that position. And it'll push you. It'll stir you. It'll move you. You'll start fighting with an attitude. Amen. Devil, who do you think you are? That's mine. It's mine. He'd been after mine all morning. I had a crew of men had to come in there and prophesied over me, prayed for me, rolled me around in the floor, said, get up, pastor. You got to preach today. They didn't say it in the words, but that's what they meant. Amen. They told me, get up. Get your thumb out of your mouth. Huh? The devil's always trying to steal that peace and replace it with some kind of fear. But when you come to the realization, you know what? That was deposited in me and it's mine. This is a word for somebody and you need to get it. All of a sudden, you'll go to the next level. I mean, you'll go ninja. Woo! 
I'm telling you, you're going to ninja on the enemy. I'm trying to help somebody right now. You need to quit surrendering what God has already gifted you with. Oh, God, help me this morning. Every place sole of your foot treads, I've already given to you. You know what that tells me? You're not going to walk in a whole lot that really belonged to you from the beginning. Because you don't realize it. That's what gave Joshua the courage to fight them giants. Everywhere he put his foot, and when he went to fight them giants, he said, it's mine. It's mine. You're not going to face your giant until you realize he's trespassing, not you. Oh, Jesus. You're not the trespasser. He's the trespasser. That's why David stood there with a sling saying, who do you think you are? Woo, God, that's good. Uh, that's in your Bible. <laughs> Amen. Read it in Hebrew. <laughs> he said, who do you think you are to defy the armies of the living God? We ought to be insulted when the enemy starts start trying to take something that Jesus paid such a high price for you to have. Woo, that's good right there. So I'm afraid we in the Western world have done ourselves a great injustice in our approach to God, the Father, and the Word of the Father, from simply approaching it as a hist historic or a futuristic perspective. That's the way we think. We think everything's in a straight line. So when we approach the Word of God, it's about it's a history book, or it's all going to heaven. <laughs> going to go to heaven. Sweet by and by, we all going to get out of here. Just hold on to the... I'm not belittling going to heaven. I'm, I'm hoping to make it with you. But, but, but people are so futuristic that they're not taking the grace and applying it to bring heaven to earth today. To bring change today. Can, I, can, can we work this little while? Amen? So I, I think it's a great era of the Western way of thinking, of thinking on terms of history and futuristic I'm not saying they're to be ruled out. I'm just telling you, we've got to get out of that mindset because the Hebrews did not and they didn't write in that mindset. Because when we do that, our entire, our entire theology is built on what was or what will be. Are you following me? Our entire theology is simply built on what was or what will be. Our entire faith system is wrapped up in yesterday and tomorrow. And we've... we've We've just made a, a, an idol out of this. And, and that's the sum total of our faith. Yesterday and tomorrow. And it, and it leaves us using statements like, God did. Yeah, God did. He did. Whew, praise God, He did. Or, let's shout because God's fixing to. And as long as I stay in that mindset then I never bring him into my now. So what he done yesterday and what he's going to do tomorrow does nothing for my now. And right now is when I need it. Oh my God. Right now is when I need it. Right now is when I need help. Right now is when I need grace. Oh my God, my God. Tomorrow will take care of itself. I need grace for now. For now, right now, 
Oh, God's trying to break something in this place this morning. Amen. So if, if the sum total of my faith is yesterday and tomorrow, then that renders my faith ineffective for right now. And we found solace in that. We found solace of dealing with our lack of victory and misery based on what God's going to. The only thing that enables me to be so defeated today is that I know that someday... Oh, my goodness. Y'all ready for this? I know that someday I'm coming out of it. I got news for y'all. I'm just going to say this. If you want to, you can tell your neighbor. I'm coming out today. I'm coming out today. Amen. And if I do my job right and you're receptive, you're coming out today. Amen. Today. Why? Because today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. The favor of the Lord is in this place right now. Right now. There's a favor you ought to be reaching for right now. You ought to be telling your neighbor right now, shh, don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me. There's favor in this house. Quit just tell him, tell him. Don't you distract me right now because the sun is shining. The ground is warm. Seed is being sown. This is the favorable time. Is anybody getting this word this morning? Right here, right now, I'm coming out of this thing. Man, I, that's hard for some of you to even say or wrap your why because you've been into it a long time. Amen. But if you don't be ugly, Pastor. I like to be ugly. The Holy Spirit just made me bite my tongue. So it leaves us, our whole life is built around what God did. We carry this thing like a fine history book. Are we always looking through the telescope of his prophetic words? And I'm not belittling any of this. But the Jews chose to reach out there and bring that prophetic word and put it in my right now. Right now. Right now. So look, I'm taking too long. Got a long way to go. So Paul said in the text, Nisha, can you get my text back in Corinthians? We are workers together with Him. We are co-lebbers with God to affect change, to advance the kingdom. We're co-lebbers to God to accomplish His mission. Is that fair enough for you? We, we are working together with God. In the next verse, he tells us what, 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 what time this great work should be done. Right now. Now's the time. Now's the acceptable time. Now's the day. Then he reveals the fact that we've been given a grace to accomplish it right now. Right? Y'all follow me? We've been given a grace to accomplish this great work, this great God work, not just good work. A grace to, to uh, uh, effect, initiate this great big God work. Now, based on the revelation of the grace given to us as co-labors, he said, I beseech you, don't take that grace in vain. Please. Oh, the, he was imploring his listeners. Do not, I beg you, don't take this grace in vain. And to take in vain actually means to, 
reduce in importance. It means to devalue the great gift to the point that it renders it ineffective or unproductive in my life. If you catch this revelation, you're going to realize it is a shame for me to be living in my defeated condition in this era of grace that I'm standing in. Are you following me? It is a disgrace and an insult to my God and His great gift for me to be wallowing in my misery when I have a grace to stand up in it and walk through it right now. Right now, oh my God, my God. Thank you for praying for me, amen. But don't walk off saying one day you're going to get it because I got it. I got it right now. And that's enabling me to stand up because he said, please don't take this grace in vain. Don't devalue it. And then he explains, how do you devalue this great grace you've been given? By not using and redeeming your grace for now. He said, because in an accepted favorable time, I heard you. And, 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 and I succored you. I helped you in the day of salvation. And then he puts a comma and says, and oh, by the way, now is the accepted time. Put that scripture up. Now is the day of salvation. He said, you be little and take the grace of God in vain when you're always saying, tomorrow I'm going to do better. Tomorrow I'm going to be better. Tomorrow I'm going to lick this thing. Tomorrow I'm going to, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Tomorrow I'm going to overcome this thing. Tomorrow I'm not going to be so depressed. Tomorrow I'm not going to be so defeated. Paul said, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> Don't take this in vain, what you've been given today. Get up, get up, get up. Get up. Access this grace right here, right now. Let me tell you something, Life Church, we don't have tomorrow, we have today. Oh, somebody, that's a word for somebody. You don't have tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And what if Christ comes while you in the shape you in today? Because I'm just persuaded to believe. I always think about it when I go to Walmart. And they got all them rows for the handicap. And all them vehicles sitting there with little stickers. If you need that, you ought to be grateful for it. But I am persuaded to believe that if heaven has a parking lot, amen, the whole front parking lot is going to be taken up with handicap stickers. Why? Because we didn't realize the grace that we had to overcome the mallet. Amen. And we just crippled our way in. Oppressed, depressed, defeated, sick, withered. Mm, Y'all scared me now. I'm moving on. He said, don't cripple this great grace by always tomorrow. You know what it is? It's a cop-out. That's what it is. It's a faithless cop-out that we use in statements of faith. <laughs> don't judge me now. I'm going to get better. <laughs> huh? He's still working on me. <laughs> Hey, to a Jew, that would be ludicrous. Because they'd look at you and say, he finished the work before you ever was born. You finished. All he's waiting on is, the scripture says, all the promises of God are, and 
this little translation says, all the promises of God are yes, and we, by the help of Christ, reply with a resounding amen. So in other words, all God's waiting on on the yes he done told you about your victory is you to stand up and say, amen. So be it. God Almighty, it is done. Now I accept it and I walk in it. And all you feelings that are lying to me, something else can get under my feet. Oh my God, this changes everything now. I'm not fighting for victory, I'm fighting from victory. Whoa, did somebody get that? I just heard the Holy Ghost say that a high percentage of people in this building is going to walk out in the same condition you walked in this building because you can't embrace now. Now, I, don't, I want to go on and let's shout this thing out. Another reason we don't embrace now that I'm victorious is is because I'm not totally ready to surrender my dysfunction. And you come to me and go to our counselors and want to be counseled, amen. But the real deal is, I'm not really ready to surrender everything I am so that I can, or everything the devil says I am, so I can receive everything God says I am, amen. So a lot of us are going to walk out of here simply because, you know what? I'm not ready to surrender my will, my dysfunction, and my ways that I may embrace the ways of my God. Wow. Paul said, you're taking the grace of God in vain by not redeeming it for today. And he said, now's the favorable time. And, and, and I, I know I need to close this down because I don't want to bore you being long-winded. But your Bible says that we are citizens we are citizens. That's it. Right, right there. It's in Philippians 3. It says, we, our citizenship is in heaven. Give me, give me Philippians 3.20. Catch this. We'll make a few more points. I'm going to let you out of here. Philippians 3.20, that word conversation translates citizenship. Now, you look at it with me from a Hebrew's perspective. Hebrew wouldn't write, I'm going to heaven. That's too futuristic for them. They wrote, our citizenship is in heaven. Wow, that, what a mindset. In other words, I'm already there. I'm already there. My mind is there. My spirit is there. And it's so there that it's affected my lifestyle down here. So I'm walking in. Oh, are y'all catching this? I'm not working towards going to heaven. My citizenship, my citizenship is in heaven, and I prove it by living up by the constitution of the city I live in. That's why they said we are pilgrims and strangers. I'm just passing through this life. My citizenship is over there. And when I realize that, I start walking in the character of heaven. Oh, my God. Can y'all receive this? That's the way the Hebrew thought. Therefore, it changed the way they acted. Changed the way. And I just begin to go through the Bible, and I'll just throw some of these out there for you to take home with you, of how God would talk. 
Romans chapter number four gives us an idea. It says uh, that our God is a God who speaks things that are not. Why? Because he spoke it in finished product. Because he's a God of faith. That's why the Hebrews wrote with such faith because they were serving a God of such faith and this is the way God talked and He speaks things that are not as like they already were. So maybe if we quit murmuring and complaining about the malady I now suffer and start praising God for the victory I have, then what I speak starts coming to a reality. Look at this. Are y'all still with me? Are y'all bored yet? Gideon is scared, slapped to death. He's hiding and he's shucking out a little bit of corn because the enemy is, is ransacking their entire kingdom. And an angel shows up while he's hiding behind some rock somewhere trying to scrape up a little grub that he don't want his enemy to see. And the angel addresses him with, Arise, almighty man of valor. He didn't say, you're going to be a mighty man of valor. He didn't say, you're going to be strong. You're fixing to be strong. <laughs> he began to speak in present tense. Arise, almighty oh man of valor. And when the word began to speak into him what he really was, it gave Gideon the strength to rise up and begin to fulfill what God said about him. Arise. Oh, mighty man of valor. No wonder. Amen. And we can take it all the way through. Amen. I just want to give you a few old and new principles here. Amen. Joshua told, God told Joshua, I want you to march around the walls of Jericho seven times, right? He said, and on the last one, I want you to shout, for I have given you the city. In other words, your shout is not going to be based on what you see. It's going to be based on that you know it already belongs to me. Maybe we hadn't walked in victory yet because we're waiting on a futuristic event instead of shouting in the present over what we know God's already given us. Amen. I just got a feeling right now there's probably some people in here that needs a now shout. Oh, I'm going to shout as soon as we win. <laughs> Choose you win. We're going to celebrate. That ain't how Hebrews think. We so trust God and He's so spoken that I'm going to go ahead and shout. I'm just going to go ahead and shout till I capitalize on my victory. Amen. I know this ain't for everybody, but if this is for you, I just want you to stand up right now and just do your little shout ever how you want it to look. Not because... Hey, not because you see the victory, but because you know. Can y'all hear me? But because you know God said it, I believe it, and that makes it so. You ain't shouting for what's going to happen. You're shouting because of what is already. My God, I'm just going to do a little bit of shouting myself this morning. My God, shout by faith. Somebody shout now. Right now, right now, my God, I'm not going to get joy. I got joy right now. I'm not going to get peace. I'm going to leave this place. <laughs> you trying, ain't you, Kobe? Thank you, brother. My God, he said, shout because I have given you city. You don't think, brother, man, I love you, dude. I don't know who you are, but I love you. I just feel something good about you, brother. Amen. You hear me? Amen. Shout. Shout because I've given you the city. You don't think your shout is more intense when you know it's yours than you're shouting hoping it happens? 
Give me a bump. It changes the whole shout. Oh, I hope this works. I hope this works. Yes! Glory! Hallelujah! Did that look as awkward as it felt? Are you listening to me? Uh, it's, it's like getting in a fight. Amen. Catch this. It's getting in a fight that you don't know if you're going to win or not. And it lowers your confidence level. But when you get in a fight and you know it's already been won. Oh, is anybody listening to me in this place? It changes everything. And this is the way your Bible is written. And we compartmentalize God. He's the God of yesterday. He's the God of tomorrow. And then God will step on the sand and say, I'll tell you who I am. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I was God then. I'm going to be God there. But I'm God right now. Matter of fact, can I submit something to you and close it? Wait, I ain't ready for that statement. Extract that from the tape. God don't dwell in time. Your Bible's not written in time. It was only pulled into time, amen, just for your benefit. But God dwells in eternity. And somebody said, well, define eternity. Eternity is time without no end. Wrong. <laughs> time is not eternity without no end. Amen. There's no time in eternity. There was no beginning of eternity. And there's no end of eternity. You know what that means? Everything into eternity is now. Now that makes sense. There's no past, present, and future in eternity. So no wonder the Bible says a day is a thousand years to God. It's still today. So when am I getting my victory? Today. Today. I don't know about your 24-hour period when the sun rises and falls. I don't know about all that because we dwell in a different realm. I dwell in eternity. Amen. Are you following me? I got to enter into the realm where God is. And in God, there is no past, present, or future. Everything's right now. That's why you can be a total knucklehead. And you can be a t as good as I can come up with. Amen. That's why you can be standing there in total fear and God look at you and say, arise, oh mighty man of valor, because he's not stuck in your time frame. He's looking at Gideon coming down the mountain with a sword in his... That's what God's looking at you. Oh God. That makes sense. I just got it. <laughs> when that light comes on in all your faces, I'll quit. <laughs> I got it. That's fake. <laughs> no wonder that when the woman that was bowled over for 38 years came up to Jesus. Jesus didn't prophesy. One of these days, you're going to be made whole. He didn't have to lay hands and anoint and scream and holler. All he did was look at the woman and said, woman, thou art loosed. Well, if I are loosed, I might well stand up. That's somebody's word right there. You come in here bowed over with demonic oppression, but I came to declare, thou art loosed. 
now unloosed. You ought to stand up and give God some glory. Hallelujah. Thou art loosed. Don't waste the grace. Don't take the grace in vain. God said there's going to be a grace in this house this morning. <laughs> oh, God. Well, if I'm loosed, why am I living like a slave? I'm loose. I see the light in your eyes, Tammy. I, I see light coming on in people. I see light coming on in people. You're starting to think like a true Hebrew. You, thought, you start thinking like a true Hebrew. You start thinking like a people who believes that their father has completed everything and prepared it for you. I wish I was preaching to everybody in this place right now, but I'm not. Because some of you don't want to assume the responsibility of standing up. Yes, sir. Well, I'm not stooping with you no more. I'm trying to train my, train my young preachers that when you're pastoring a church this side, there's a lot of people who love roller coasters. Scott, you like roller coasters? I hate them. Whew. I hate them. I believe any man that buys a ticket going roller coaster is suffering from the lack of wisdom. <laughs> I'm just saying. And James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. <laughs> I used to like roller coasters, but Whitney, my youngest daughter, I went to Six Flags with her one time. They had got that big, was that, where was that? Astroworld, that big wooden roller coaster. And there wasn't nobody but me, so I rode it seven times. Daddy, let's ride it one more time. <laughs> one more time. You'll do anything for your daughter. Well, she broke me that day because that day I got sick and now I go real slow over the bridge over here at the river. <laughs> <sighs> Made it, babe. <laughs> Where was I going? I was going to make a spiritual point. <laughs> right. That people love roller coaster rides. Up one time and boy, I'm up there with them shouting and we're all good and all of a sudden, yum! And I'm laying there in bed at night, my eyes open. Oh my God, what, what, what's about to be like me? I'm not serious. <laughs> but I do worry about them. Or I did. Oh God, here we are down here again. And finally, God said, How long are you going to ride that roller coaster ride? Get off. I just got off. I wave at you up here. Holler at you down there. It won't be long. You'll be coming back. You better get this stuff. I'm just going to stay up here. God does good. I'm just going to stay up here above the snake line till you get back. That's your choice. Buy your ticket, Jonah. He paid the fare thereof and went straight to the bottom. I'll be standing on the sandy shores when you get back. How'd that work for you? <laughs> I'm being facetious. But it's real. So I close. No, I think that was the Holy Spirit made me say that. Because it sets me up to say this. Please, don't take this grace for today in vain. Get up. Just stand up. 
Oh, it can't be. You got to have at least 12 steps. No. No, it's one step. It really is. The disciples had a problem with it. They said, what must we do to work the works of God? Jesus said, you missed it. This is the work of God that you believe it's already done. Wow. Stand with me all over this place. Well, did I do my job? Did I do my job good enough that you're going to leave here thinking like a Hebrew? That now when you're praying, is this doctrine going to change the way you pray? Think about it. Is this doctrine going to change the way you read the Word? Are you going to quit being so futuristic and historical and start being relative to right now? Or better yet, would you pull God out of your future? Pull Him out of your past and let Him come alive in your now? Because the world ain't going to see us when we get to heaven in the future. They see you now. See you now. They see you right now. And I'm going to say this with all the compassion I can muster up. If you're defeated, we can figure out some of the reasons. Number one, it's because you didn't know what I'm preaching. Or number two, <clears throat> it's because you choose to be. And, and the Hebrew writer wrote, choose today who you're going to serve. The, the Hebrew writer wrote, choose life and not death. So it would be well with you and your children and your children's children. In other words, your right decisions today is going to affect God. That, you need to teach that. You're the teacher. Your, your now de decisions is going to affect generation after generation. Can I tell you, we can't wait on the next generation to salvage God's church. We have a grace for this era. I don't want to leave a dilapidated church with nothing but handicapped parking lot stickers. I want to hand the church down to these young men that are coming up. Amen. That they're not having to start off on ground level. They can stand on our shoulders and take it to the next level. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.